Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in the Canon Canon. Not on your best day, pal. You're nothing but a chicken shit weasel who thrives on the misery of others. And when death calls, you'll be screaming like a baby. Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, the Colombian Connection. Hail! <laughs> that would be such an awkward nickname if we called you that all the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm just wandering around just thinking, like, have you met my friend, the Colombian Connection? <laughs> right. They're like, no, his family's Mexican, not <laughs> yeah, Colombian. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the reference to the movie that it's to doesn't make any sense either, people. Come nope. on. So... People, we are in. Uh, this is, well, first off, of course, this is the Canon Canon. We are the podcast where we talk about Canon films and we talk about all their amazing output. And there's some not as amazing output. And there's some not as amazing, but at least for one of us, enjoyed it more than he thought he would. And maybe the other one, not as much. And we'll get into it. So t- uh, today is, uh, if you're listening to this uh, in the free feed, uh, we're in September. Uh, yeah. and, and we've been doing some fun, uh, theme months. Uh, we had our August of Austin where Austin Trunick from Canon Film Guide picked all of our, uh, uh, movies. And did we do one before that? Did we do something right before that? I don't think so. We did a lot of death. Oh, we yeah, did we Bronson. Did. We did Mayonnaise. Well, we did, uh, J- JCVD July. <laughs> oh yeah, we did JCVD <laughs> How July. How could you forget? How could I forget these? Because... And then we did, yeah, Bronson don't like May Oney. Yes, exactly. And so, uh, we're, we're, we're coming back into the canon world more so than, uh, some of these others, but it's mm. still a fun theme, people. So we are in September, or as we like to call it at the Canon Canon, Sequel Timber. Welcome to Sequel Timber. That's right, people. We love Canon, and we also love that they are uh, not against making a sequel. Uh, no. We've definitely covered. No qualms about it. No. They probably planned it as soon as they thought of the idea. Uh, some would say they often are planning it as they're shooting the same, uh, the movie previous to it at the same time. Uh, yep. Back to the Future 2 and 3 style. So, uh, so yeah, we are doing sequel timber. Uh, we wanted to uh, make sure we got back into some canon because also a uh, little sneaky peeky, probably going to have a theme for October and we might be moving away from Canon for just a little bit again. Uh, if just you, a little bit. If you know us, you could probably piece together what October might be. But we also realize we've got a bunch of sequels that we haven't touched upon uh, for Canon. Sometimes you almost like forget about the sequels because there is just a barrage and then you like need an excuse to like force yourself to get into doing some of them. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, we're the Canon bros. Sometimes our planning gets a little bit off. We'll see uh, what what kind of planning we've got. But we've got some already. We're going to be hitting upon some of the sequels. And also, hopefully, uh, if schedules permit, hitting upon a couple of return guests. Uh, because Correct. we always uh, thought, but, you know, it's hard with life uh, and a podcast and many things going on, not for just us, but for our guests that... If someone is game and they were here for one of the originals, come back for that sequel. And so 
we're going to be having some hopefully if again life can happen if schedules permit a couple people coming back uh from even early very early days of the canon very canon. early first year canon yeah. yeah pretty exciting canon canon sorry of canon canon <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is sequel timber, uh, and uh, today, uh, Frank and I are covering uh, a sequel in basically name only <laughs> to pretty much pretty yeah. much to one of the bigger uh, canon films, one that both of us I think have complicated feelings on. Anyway, is the original. Uh, it's, yes. it's not, the original isn't a home, is a, is not a, is not a homer, uh, for us. It's, it's not a, a complete winner and we ain't talking Michael winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's also the interesting part about watching the sequel that isn't really a sequel and hardly has any connective tissue except for in the weirdest ways, which we'll get into. Uh, but Today, we are covering Delta Force 2, The Colombian Connection, which is, it's a Chuck Norris film, a.k.a. Yes. It's a, it's a molasses 2 by 4 It actually has more of the touchstones of a Chuck Norris movie. Absolutely. Than even Delta Force. Yeah. Uh, I think this is yeah. the movie that people expect when... If you're saying, like, watch Delta Force, it's a canon film, and people are like, oh, I know what to expect like, yes. going into this. And they watch Delta Force, and they're like, uh, this isn't exactly what I thought it right. was. And this feels like it's more in line with that idea yes, of what people's thinking of what a Delta Force movie would be like. Because I think we both still stand behind, and we talked about this in our Delta Force episode, that I think... And not to speak for big Delta Force fans, but that a lot of people do have a kind of uh, uh, misconstrued memory or idea of what is Delta Force. And you kind of forget yeah. about the Delta folks, as we call yeah, them. Yeah, the Delta folks, the classic Delta folks. We always call them the Delta folks. But those Delta folks out there, all I think like you generally are picturing uh, the unbelievable theme song, which I'm always singing to myself and my wife mm-hmm. now sings it as well. You're picturing the action parts, including the rocket uh, motorcycle. You're not usually remembering that it's unbelievably long. That most <laughs> of the yeah, plot. that most of the movie is about the terrorist plot with uh, with questionable politics. Terrorists, both uh, uh, for the brown face being put on people and even just using the basics of a actual event. In the context of a Chuck Norris Lee Marvin movie. Uh, uh, And that also a big chunk of Delta Force, which actually is one of the biggest connective tissues, is waiting around for the Delta Force to actually get to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Which for some reason, and we'll get into our catchphrase, is one of the main tropes that they decided to bring back to Delta Force 2. The Colombian Connection, which also wasn't, I believe, originally even a Delta Force movie. <laughs> no. And was completely a different movie and was a movie called Stranglehold. Uh-huh. 
And uh, for some reason, and you you almost want to know in that original script for Stranglehold, did they include a large section in the middle of the movie that would make you start to feel a little tired, where you had to wait for the president to give like the go ahead to do things, followed up with a different Chuck Norris trope, but. And one not with Delta Force, but with more of a Chuck Norris movie, a long section of Molasses 2 by 4 climbing. Yeah. I, well, I said there in it real is. time. <laughs> Both poorly and in real time, all at the same also, time. I mean, not to skip ahead, but like uh, that last like 20 to 30 minutes of the movie, you're like, get on with it. Yeah. Yes, we know. Yeah. We know, like, the whole chase sequence at the end, it's just, like, it gets a little tedious. I Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and repetitive. Very repetitive, yeah. That, like, all this we'll get into it, and we'll be jumping around today, but, like, the, when you also realize that this movie has more connective tissue than you would want with Mission Impossible 3... <laughs> and it's not just the amount of real people that died, which we'll get into, yeah. but that they basically were vaguely shooting this at the same time to cut costs on sets. So then you realize that it just turns into an MI4, MIA4, but there's also that one section where he just keeps plowing down rebels and they literally just are piling up. Because they don't leave the same exact setup. Yeah. And 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 the only reason you realize that it isn't the same three guys coming out, getting shot, and falling is because there is one shot where it looks like they're comically piling up dead bodies. And it felt like you're just like watching, you're like, you just want to save money on sets. You've got one set and you want to keep going. <laughs> Although they did reuse some of the the, the people getting shot. Oh, noticed. they definitely yeah. did. And that that's the weird part. They reuse people getting shot and falling and then seem to have enough to lay them down on the ground. Probably just got the crew <laughs> to all lay down and then have right, four yeah. more dudes fall on top of them. <laughs> uh so this, as we've also... It feels like it comes up a lot lately, but it always kind of comes up with the Cannon Bros. We were watching this... And we end up watching at different times. And usually one of us will reach out to the other one and be like, have you started watching it yet? And I think yeah. you were the first to reach out to me about this. Correct. Um, and 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 you basically, you described it as a check your phoner. And I, yeah, because I found myself in a couple of places being like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to miss anything here because I'm seeing the same shit over and over. Yeah. And even then it's like, Yeah. Which I'll say, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say actually set me up in a good way because one of the reasons we're uh, not to say that these are uh, I, I'm already excited about most of the choices that we have, if not all of them for uh, sequel timber, but like Delta Force Two was one that I kept being like, ah, this isn't even a Golan and Globus. This is yeah. a this is a Globus and Pierce. Correct. I I knew that there was a troubled production which sometimes can lead to fun i knew that neither of us really like a hundred percent love delta force and like other chuck norris movies better and had a feeling it would be a little clunky 
And then when you were saying that, like, it's a check your phone, I was like, okay, I'm already, uh, look, I, I watched on the day that my brought my son to this first day of kindergarten. So I already was like feeling feelings combined with being like, well, I'll bring my kid to school so I can go home and watch Delta Force 2 <laughs> alone in my room while my wife does work. Uh, uh, and so already was I like, kind of prepped to not like it. And I do think what you said at the beginning, uh, I didn't think about that, but like I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. A lot yeah. more than I thought I would because I think it was more of what I imagined always Delta Force to be. Yeah. And I I laughed out loud in a good way 50 times during this, especially the first half hour or so. Yeah, they, the first half hour, they just really set it up to be like, he's a bad guy, right? Yeah. You get it? <laughs> it's He's crazy. We'll, we'll get, he's bad. Oh, man. what I can't remember. We were talking about how, because then I end up talking about it with my wife, that like one of the things that I love about canon, and we've talked about before, and we talked, was that it is so, like, especially when Menachem is involved, they're never hat on a hat. It's just always hat on a hat on like three hats. And this movie is that it's just like and and I'm trying to find where you describe you just came up with the term. Oh, I said endless hats or infinite hats. Yeah, infinite hats. Yes. Cuz that's <laughs> what a canon can often be. Like a good canon it will be infinite hats where it is so many hats. That you can't be offended, shocked, or any of the below because you're just like, you didn't even need to do any of this. Right. And you also, usually when it's Menachem, like probably didn't even notice that it was too many hats. You just thought it was one hat. And Billy Drago, as the bad guy at this, is like, he's wearing... 50 hats all at once all the time and it 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 is wild if you break down what those hats look like sometimes you know when you see a leaf and it's got like little holes in it from a cat or if you've ever read the hungry caterpillar yes uh that's the way the movie looks as a whole because every scene that billy drago is in he is chewing up every single cell of the scene he, there isn't a isotope that is untouched. Billy Drago sees that he is uh, competing with our beloved molasses two by four Chuck Norris. <laughs> either either that or he's just like not competing, but he's like he's like holy fuck, I gotta. Well, that's really the thing. He's up. this guy's phoning it he's in. He's competing in that somebody's got to fill in that void. <laughs> And and I'll say too, this is the most I've seen Chuck Norris smile in a movie too. So even that is like a height. I think if we had more, we would get more of a restrained performance from Billy Drago if he had more scenes with John P. Ryan. Because oh yeah, John P. Ryan. That's the other part about Delta Force Two is I was surprised who was in it. So when John oh, P. Yeah. Ryan showed up, I didn't realize he was in it, and I was just like, thank you. This yep. is so awesome. And John P. Ryan might staple. be giving the performance of a lifetime in this fucking movie. <laughs> He's having a blast. Like, yeah. it's just kind of one of those things when you see an actor 
who are just like, oh, they showed up to set and they just didn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> right. they know their lines. It's not a heavy lifting. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. And no one's going to say, and no one, especially Aaron Norris, Chuck Norris's brother, <laughs> the director, is ever going to be like, pull back. Because honestly, no. Aaron's also got to know what you're getting with Chuck. And he's like, look, I get my brother. I, yeah. It's amazing I got him to smile twice in this movie. And to deliver anything higher than his low register of like, not today. But <laughs> <laughs> I actually happen to like the food. <laughs> my brother's going to deliver weird one-liners that he's possibly going to rewrite. Because also, as... Chuck Norris is quoted for this movie. I'm going to give the abridged quote of Chuck Norris. You often go into these movies with like a half written script. Uh, I wasn't going to do that with this one because Delta Force was written so well. Okay. And so we got to make sure this one's good. So they really worked on it. So that means Chuck also helped work on it to give us a plethora of wonderful Chuck Norris Non sequitur, hardly makes sense. What liners? <laughs> There's a strange amount of uh, interview material from Chuck Norris on this movie, right? <laughs> if you go to the the Wikipedia, they have like, like I have I have paragraphs of articles, like of, of like of quotes right. about him working on this movie. It's crazy. he went all in on this fucker. Uh, and that's the crazy because just to let you know, Delta Force Two. What is basically the summary of this movie? What is your kind of like log line? It is an ultimate Chuck Norris has read a Reader's Digest headline movie. The summary is uh, there's a lot of bad drugs, cocaine coming into America. You yep. need to send the Delta Force in to. <laughs> burn and destroy everything like they are in a hardline straight edge band <laughs> get rid of that pablo escobar motherfucker Fucking pablo oh, is crazy Jeff. <laughs> there's so much red tape all oh, this bureaucratic mumbo jumbo <laughs> your natos and whatnot oh how dare you they get to walk free and poison our kids there is uh there is not a shortage of interviews talking about uh, everyone in the movie like justifying the hat on a hat on a hat of this movie <laughs> yeah, exactly of everyone being like i mean have you seen pablo escobar that guy's crazy <laughs> so everything drago's doing totally makes sense and our reaction totally makes sense this man is on forbes magazine how <laughs> dare he oh my god it is crazy so yeah that's basically what it in in you almost don't realize exactly that it's the Delta Force. You don't completely realize that it is uh, 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 some sort of group. Like, and and how the plans work don't exactly work. Don't make any sense. It's not really a group at all. No, it's one man, and they kind of back him up later. Yeah, and and because also, yeah, it, it's. It's one man with his friend who is maybe from the Delta Force. It's unclear in their relationship. And then that friend gets murdered. So it's also kind of a revenge film, but not really. Could you kind of lose that in the grand scheme of it all? And then, yeah, yeah like the plan that he's like, he's going to like also the the Delta Force quote unquote plan. I guess we're supposed to see that that's the Delta Force when he's training 
slash he's just kicking everyone's ass in one part that in the middle. Was awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. Like that was in his contract. Yes. Just it's show like he up. He gets his karate students up. Yeah. And then he just gets to kick their ass. Point at them, camera. tell them to come to him and kick their ass. Uh, with some plan where the president is clearing them to go in t- for 24 hours to slash and burn, but then he gets another 48, but he's got to scale a wall before they yes. come in. And then it's unclear that any of that mattered anyways, because they don't completely seem to work together. No. It's a mishmash of a movie, and and it is uh, it, it hardly makes sense. It basically is, yeah, there are drugs, uh, and uh, Chuck Norris is going to stop them. Um, And he does. He effectively stopped cocaine from coming into America, is what we're led to, I guess, figure out. He stopped it. He stopped it. That's it. We don't have to worry about it. uh, Jeff, I don't know about you, but I didn't hear that much about cocaine in the 90s as much as I did in the 80s, so (laughs) I I think he did a pretty good job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When this movie finally came out, uh, I think we saw the solution uh, happened here. Okay, It changed everything. Not many people give enough credit to where the whole nation watched this movie and said, it's time to end this. And they did. I, I personally wanted those skinhead punks to come back. All of a sudden, they come out with weapons, too. And they're like, remember us? People, again, this one is so much... A Chuck Norris and his brother read a Reader's Digest. Oh, yeah. They read an article. I know Canon just also has a preoccupation, and old men have a preoccupation with punks. Oh, yeah. But So I want to emphasize that, at best, the opening scene with Norris, the opening (laughs) intro to Norris, he is dealing with punks, not skinheads. As he calls right. them, very he calls them skinheads, and they've got plenty of hair. So much hair, not even a Doc Martin, no. let alone braces, to be showing us that they are skinheads. There is, there is, a, a, it is a, it, it as as a punk. It is just a a wild uh, confusion. Yeah, uh, almost of the level of calling this movie the Colombian Connection. And really, they are going to the country of San Carlos. The Philippines, yeah. Yeah, which is basically in the Philippines, but is basically Valverde. It's yeah. a it's a fake... They used a fake country. They didn't do Valverde, but they made up a fake South America. But why would you... I know why. It's because it wasn't involved with uh, uh, Delta Force and just was a script that they moved around. And this is canon. And it's a canon Pierce film. It's Or, you know, Globus Pierce film. Uh, uh, but why would you have... Why would you let us know Columbia in the, the title of the movie and then not let it be Columbia? <laughs> use it. To call, like, you're like, we don't want to cause a political uproar. Kind of. It's in the title of the movie. <laughs> I guarantee it's because they're like, yeah, but most people asso- associate Colombia with oh, definitely. the export of cocaine. Yes. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Let's just do yeah. that. Yeah, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're in Rio de Janeiro sometimes. <laughs> like, we're all over the place. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Um, but yeah. They're in Tennessee in some parts, too. Yeah, because did they run out of money? Is that why they yeah. moved? Yeah. Cla- I mean... It really also does well, 
they ran out of they, uh, people that they couldn't murder in another yes. country. <laughs> and to ground themselves to deal with the trauma. Oh, I forgot about that. They needed to take a couple weeks off because more people died. We'll yes. get into it a little bit later. But so, yeah, uh, what are our facts on this puppy? <laughs> Delta Force 2, the Columbia Connect, Colombian Connection, pardon me, uh, working titles are America's Red Army, Delta Force 2, Operation Crackdown, Spitfire, and in Germany, Delta Force 2, Operation Stranglehold, which we already talked about. Um, I wonder if Crackdown out. was pre-Death Wish 4? No, I think it was after the fact. So they Maybe? still toyed with the concept? <laughs> like, I don't know. They love Crackdown. I would love if they decided they could just attach Crackdown to everything. American Ninja 5, the Crackdown. <laughs> Breaking 3, the Crackdown. <laughs> so this came out August 24th, 1990. Uh, so the budget was $16 million and the gross uh, was anywhere between $6.7 million and twenty two. Um, Which is also crazy. I was just want to say briefly that, like, when you find out that one of the facts is that that giant complex that they blow up was wow. Amelda Marcos's guest house that she was building for Reagan. <laughs> Never finished. It became like the building in the sky or had some sort of name on that. So that it was unused. So they decided to use it. But at least according to one thing, they put up to a million dollars in renovation, including adding the pool so that they could blow it up for yeah. that one scene where I will say they do spend a surprising amount of missiles on that pool. Like, <laughs> like all of their, all of their targeting is going at that pool. So, but the fact that they spent that much money in a Globus <laughs> Pierce era and that it also didn't take in anything is so wild. I mean, it actually, well, we'll get to it in a minute, but um, yeah, just, yeah, Reagan, a Reagan house. A Reagan house <laughs> Reagan built house. by Marcos. Well, well don't well, finish it, well. Well, well, I'm not coming, well. I'm not going, well. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about 1990. The top 10 movies of 1990 are Ghost, Pretty Woman, Home Alone, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Hunt for Red October, Total Recall, Die Hard 2, Driving Miss Daisy, Dick Tracy, and Back to the Future Part 3. Jeff, where do you think this landed at about 200? 176 at best. Wrong! Really? Not at all? No. Oh, really? It surprised me. Uh-huh. And 96. Closer. 120. Okay. Still seems too high. <laughs> I know. It beat out the wizard. Oh, wow. And it was beat by All Dogs Go to Heaven. And uh, the only... There's some MGM... It gets kind of messy yeah. here. But like uh, the Canon a film distribution had a, another movie that charted that year at 182, The Fourth War. Oh. Don't even know it. Never even heard of no, it. No, but I mean, Canon, the Globus Pierce, Canon, whatever, uh, they they released A Man Called Sarge this year, Angels, Rockula, Keaton's Cop, Lombada, oh. uh, The Fourth War, as I said, Midnight Ride, and Delta Force 2. And there's like some MGM stuff too, but yeah, it's a but little... Yeah, but we're in Globus hairy. Pierce territory now. This is... Yeah. 
it it was pretty bittersweet actually on this one for some reason to see Menachem's name, where yeah. it was just like characters, but or kind of like original concept, whatever his credit was, because you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, luckily it paid off that I was pleasantly surprised. Like I said, that it it's what you said too that it's like this is the Delta Force you kind of think Delta Force is gonna be, yeah, um, and 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 in 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 contrast to that uh, you know bittersweetness. That, yeah, it was that surprising that it was uh, as fun as it was early on. <laughs> but yeah, this is a it's this is a weird era. This is a weird this. Even though his brother is involved, I don't know. It's weird because it's like in my mind too. Is like Delta Force Two is like the one Norris didn't want to do. Yeah, in my mind, but he's still trucking with this in MIA Three. Mm-hmm. JCVD was attached at one point, but he he apparently, but then he did Cyborg instead. Like so I was trying to think if that would have worked different. Dudikoff and Steve James too. Yeah. Which is would Steve James have been the guy who got gassed? That would be a oh, bummer. Probably. That yeah. would have sucked. That would have sucked. We would have been sad again, like dealing yeah. with that shit. Um yeah, I don't know, but I think like I expected it to maybe even be more walkthroughy of Molasses Two by Four's performance, but maybe it's because, and I say this with complete love, that he kind of walks through most of his movies <laughs> that yeah, you can't I mean, tell completely <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, because it felt like there are parts of this movie I could tell he's annoyed. Yeah. That he has to do this. Like, it, it, there, there are parts where he feels like he's, like, kind of sleepwalking through it. But then other parts, I'm like, okay, yeah, he is committed to this. Yeah. It's just weird the parts that he is and isn't because, like, yeah. I wonder if it's because his brother allowed him to have more uh, kicking and showing off his body than you he imagined he would get in this. Right. Because that's the other part, too. It feels more like a Norse because there is more gratuitous often, but, like, fighting scenes. And like, and which is great. They often don't make sense. Like the training doesn't make sense. The, the big bad fight with Carlos doesn't really make sense. Like in the structure of this movie. Yeah. But you're also like, that's fun. Like (laughs) it's fun to watch. Yeah. He's still got the moves. Uh, They, I imagine, I was just going to say, they certainly are not afraid of hiding the stunt double's face. Dude, I wrote that down too. I was like, this is the most like, I'm going to get you sucker, like use of doubles. That they're just like, we don't fucking care. What do you care? Yeah. And and the <laughs> thing is too, I was like, I guess I don't. Like you're going to yeah. have like pretty much like it feels like up to 30 seconds of someone skydiving. With like basically a close up of the, almost a close up of their face that is clearly yeah. not Norris, <laughs> and nor should it be. It's a lot like when I've started to realize like, oh, it's hard. It's a it's a hard mental battle. Like I was thinking about this with Prey, like because I finally watched Prey and I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I won't get off on too much of a tangent. Uh, still, <laughs> I still wonder if it could exist. It maybe even be better as not a Predator movie, but I think it worked very well um, because I think it was a solid movie and a different movie and it's quieter 
which it took my wife to be like, it's because there's not someone shooting machine guns for yeah. 90% of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, I think it is a uh, 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 going off of Nope. Uh, it makes sense and makes me feel better that all animals are CGI now. Yes. But when I have a big problem with too much CGI and animals are a big part of it, I start to get really distracted <laughs> that I'm like, yeah. Ugh, ethically, I'm in this is how it should be. Viewing wise, it's a bummer. Um, uh, that's how it feels like with Norris, where you're like, he shouldn't be putting himself through this physically. <laughs> But also, it's feeling ridiculous that I'm staring at this guy doing a pull-up on that light and clearly wearing a weird red wig with a weird yeah. red mustache and beard. It's like way puffier than <laughs> Norris's hair. It's like floating on the top of his head. Yeah. And he hardly looks like him. And then there, But also, what am I going to expect out of Norris? It's the same as Bronson, where you're like, yeah. you know, at least like we'll always be shocked or pleasantly surprised if like we're watching like Death Wish 4 and it's like they edited it so it doesn't look so crazy. Right. In this one, I definitely was like, fuck you. We're dealing. Just deal with it. This is what you want. This is what you get. <laughs> the headline. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, PIL um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, mentioned there. Oh, great song. Uh, but I. I headline says Jeff Garlock says Chuck Norris should is the same as Monkey and Nope. This is what I'm gonna get canceled at for. It is. The people are gonna take you to task on Twitter. Good job, Jackass. Hey man, if I can't compare molasses two by four to a CGI monkey and nope, what kind of world do we live in, huh? That they're gonna take that away from me, <laughs> but yeah, I just think like I don't know. It's funny that like I I it, the, I don't know. I think it, it being Delta Force two and having such low expectations, I gave a lot more leeway to it. Yeah, and then agreed with you that it does become a phone checker because it does just kind of lose steam in the middle. And it loses steam because, as I said, it becomes too much like Delta Force, where it's just repetitive and we're waiting. And it does it actually doesn't help that they actually started it off more like a standard Norris film. Yeah. So you've got the energy going. Like, it's not like Tango and Cash, where the energy is just like cocaine or Predator 2. But... Uh, it does uh, make you kind of like really have like whiplash when you realize like, oh, fuck, I'm going to just wait around for shit to happen. And now it's just like and then you start to notice the seams, you know, it's like you said, you can notice when it gets to Tennessee. You can notice when they've run out of money. You can yeah. notice when people die. And should we talk briefly about people dying in this to like, yeah, let's just get it out of the way. So uh, people die on this movie watching this movie. Uh, uh, much like in is it missing in action three where it happens? Yeah, it was mission missing in action three, which is really fucked up that <laughs> that happens so close together. They're basically shooting on the same sets, overlapping, and Canon is already you're already worried about every stunt person, you're already worried about every actor, but like clearly they're so disheveled. In their saving money and the move to Globus and Pierce, that 
yeah, on Missing in Action 3, there was a helicopter crash that killed people. And in this one, there is a helicopter crash that killed three people, I believe, and injured two, including John P. Ryan. Yes, or yeah, it, yeah. John P. Ryan was one of the survivors. One so, of the survivors. Think about that, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm double checking this because yeah, it, it was uh, uh, Braddock missing in action three. Yep. Where, yeah, it crashed into Manila Bay, killing four Filipino soldiers and wounding five other people. Mm-hmm. And this was like um, this that accident happened the same day as the Twilight Zone tragedy court trial. No, I think that was what. But here's here's what's really fucked up, Jeff. Uh, who directed both movies? Wait a second, I might have forgotten. Did Aaron direct? Wow, correct. Aaron Norris has two helicopter crashes <laughs> under his belt. Yeah. And Norris has two. And so that makes it also extra weird when, like, the story, at least that you see on Wikipedia, is like they took off like a couple weeks mm-hmm. to get their brains together <laughs> yeah. so that they could finish Delta Force 2, the Columbia Connection, <laughs> which. Not laughing at the tragedy, but laughing at the uh, uh, protracted grief slash compartmentalizing to make the end result being Delta Force 2, a later yeah. day, hardly sequel sequel. <laughs> Look, there, there's a reason why the family sued. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's also crazy. Like I believe John P. Ryan was a, a veteran. Yeah, and had to go through so it. Shit's again, even basically. more. Uh, God damn it! And then yet he, yeah. What a the what a fact story. that also yeah. it's on the same day as the Twilight. I mean, like, uh, helicopters are scary, man. And yeah. there's also so, thinking about that too. There's so much helicopter work in this that also feels dangerous. Very. Like and and also defies the laws of helicopters. Like no one ever hears a helicopter in this movie, and I live over the flight path of every oh God. helicopter. We've got cops, we've got the mountain rangers, yep. we've got the fire path. They're right over us, and you hear them from miles away. In this world, you can get snuck up on by a low flying right. helicopter, and then. The stealth copters. The, the stealth copter will have another stealth copter that will sneak up on that copter. <laughs> yeah. It tiptoes in the air. Yeah, uh, yeah so it is it is hard to... I know... Uh, yeah, I don't know. We give a lot of grief to John Landis, but I don't know. I, I Right now, I'm like, man, we probably should be giving a lot of grief to Aaron Norris, too. Let's villainize yeah. Aaron Norris. Uh, he won't be held accountable. This is all for entertainment. This is not admissible in court. Yes, exactly. I mean, maybe it's because Landis is such a prick about it all. Oh, yeah. He continues to be a fucking prick about it in his uh, delivery of... He fucking... Uh, John Landis answers questions like a uh, uh, a member of a problematic black metal band where you're yeah. like, could you just answer this to at least make me think that you recognize the monstrousness or the mistakes that were connected to this? 
but uh, you know, uh, maybe it's just uh, uh, we've got a lot of uh, poll quotes from Billy Drago and from Chuck, but maybe not as many from Aaron, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I heard he was a dick at Rudy's barbecue one time, so maybe you should take him down a peg. <laughs> All right, man, we're holding his feet to the fire. That never buy. <laughs> Y'all fuck with Rudy. <laughs> we're coming after you, Aaron Norris. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, can I also say that right from the beginning that the it seems like uh, this movie is both really fun and you'll watch all the missteps that happen. Even the fact that the name comes flying in, slamming in, and there's no slam sound that accompanies yeah. it. It feels like when you forget to put a sound effect in a, in a cut, like, and then you're like, fuck, yeah. man, I'll get back. I'll get it. Put on the notes. It landed on a pillow. <laughs> yeah, it does sound. Basically, it's a nice, soft Colombian connection landing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I and so... You know, we'll jump around a lot in this. Uh, uh, also, just to say, and because I'll say, because we're trying to go for it, we do long episodes. Yeah. Uh, Frank and I are trying our best to now to see. We're always going to give you the full Canterbury treatment, trying our best to pull them in a little bit. We've realized we start going a little crazy on some of these lengths, not only for the, the heart of these episodes, but for our lives. We're going to try to pull yeah. these in just a little bit shorter. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, so essentially, you know, we're introduced to Drago, and uh, what is the basic of the big bad? Billy Drago, I don't even remember his name, uh, because... It's, um, uh, Ramon Cota. Okay, so I'm glad you're, um, because this leads to a question that I had, (laughs) where I was like, is he supposed to be anything, like, but just billy drago like it, it, like is he supposed to be from that country or an expat who lives in that made-up country because he's not I, he's i don't think he's wearing brown face but he i is a little bit oh maybe he is accent a bit it's so but hard it drops a lot well that's the thing is like i wasn't sure if i was hearing the accent because as you said it's a check your phoner so I would have those moments where I was like, wait, maybe he is doing an accent, but also maybe he's doing a Southern accent. And then mm. I would be like, he might just be doing a Drago yeah. accent because like most of the time he kind of sounds like Billy Drago. That's it. Yep. Like he sounds like Billy Drago in The Untouchables. When he's like, I watched your friend bleed like a stuck pig. Like, it's like where you're like, it's not really Southern and it's not really Chicago and it's kind of yeah. just some unknown world. And of like, he, it's like a world of people that are only Billy Drago. So the accent is Drago. As we've said before, my friends and I used to call him crazy eyes, crazy face because he's just like, <laughs> he's like an unworld. He's just like, an, he's an alien. He is an alien. He, his face is like cheekbones. Everything about him just feels like like a lizard person. Almost. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if in the movie, because it's because un- I didn't even remember Chuck Norris's name. I wasn't sure if he was like an expat, because that's also a canon trope. Scott McCoy. Scott McCoy. That's it. With maybe one T. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> because that's also kind of like a canon trope is someone from another country coming in and being a drug lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, who knows? 
he's just Drago. So either way, Drago is, and with everything we say to describe, always think that this movie is the byproduct of Aaron Norris and Chuck Norris reading Reader's Digest. He is, quote unquote, the richest drug dealer in the world. His math, uh, you know, he at one point he's caught and his bail is set at $10 million and everyone's freaking out because that's just a drop in the bucket. Yeah. They explain that he's uh, got the, uh, in this fake country, there is a president and there's also a general, but the general is in, the general who's the guy from Breaking Bad and, and. Yeah, uh, who, who's uh, Hector Salamanca yeah. in, um, yeah, in Breaking Bad and Better, and Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. So he's the cartoonish general in this movie. <laughs> yes. Who also has weird, uh, 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 intimacy issues and also a low self-esteem there's that one weird quick scene where he's on his patio at his giant complex and his like mistress or wife or girlfriend he's like i see you looking at the workers why aren't you looking at me (laughs) and she makes some weird yeah some snide joke about like if you paid more attention to me blah 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 and yeah it it's it's uh, like much of this movie unneeded He's like, my love language is attention. <laughs> He's been reading a lot of I relationship books. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense why it happened. But so drag the, the corporal or the general is in the pocket of Drago. And at one point they also say like he gets a kickback. That's just a small percentage, but it's in the hundreds of millions. So in this world. Because they also point out, and this feels very uh, canon and Reader's Digest, the president of this country starts yelling. That's basically like, which is a valid fucking thing he's saying, but it's unclear if he is a puppet uh, president to both America and the colonel and Drago. It's unclear, but he starts yelling, you all make it out that we're all a bunch of drug dealers. But you all are a bunch of drug addicts, America, which I think actually was the best line of the movie. And I think they thought that was saying something different than it was. But it was like taking down America (laughs) the most. Like it was like, oh, yeah, you not only are xenophobic and racist and like to generalize entire countries. But in this case, if we're going to play that game, I can play it back. And you are the reason for it. Because you're all self enabling. Yeah, you're enabling. If you buy the product, then. If if you idiots didn't love it in the 80s so much, then (laughs) he wouldn't be making, according to this math, billions of dollars. If not trillions. If not trillions, if you do that basic math. So, also, so Billy Drago is the drug dealer, but he also is the most hands on, penny pinching (laughs) drug dealer to ever exist. Yeah, he's micromanaging in the fields. So much micromanaging. <laughs> yeah, they're driving with uh, his second-in-command, Miguel, I believe is Miguel's name. It's uh, FYI, Miguel is going to end up being a spy because they realize that eight times the DEA has strict uh, taken out a drug deal of his. So he's yes. like, we must have a spy. Drago also adds an extra layer of being kind of sexual to everyone 
Yes. He gets very close and also very tender with everyone. Yes. So I, 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 at first I was like, are him and Miguel in a relationship? It was yeah. like unclear. But Miguel ends up being the spy. It's a little unclear why Miguel is the turncoat. Like they don't really explain. There's no reason for it besides he's just a good person, but not really even that's given to us. <laughs> No, because he was an agent, and he went undercover, and he won the trust of Billy Drago. Oh! And that's why he said, you trust me like a brother, because he spent years or whatever. I was checking my phone. I didn't even pick up on that. I thought he was a turncoat. No, he was like part of the, because they said that like, hey, they want you to get out. And he goes, no, I don't need to get out because I'm. He's Donnie Brasco. Trust me like a brother. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Somehow he's infiltrated enough to be the second in command slash just the travel yeah. agent for the richest drug dealer in the world. And a polo player. And a polo Heck player. Heck of a polo Heck, player. He's nailing that ball. So when Cannon wants you to know that someone is bad, they're really going <laughs> to make you know someone's bad. So they're, Billy, yeah. Billy Drago comes back to this country. He's driving through his... Coco Fields. He pronounces Coco so crazily. <laughs> he likes to, that's where his accent, fake Coco. accent comes. Yeah. I want to see my Coco. <laughs> so, What's your favorite movie? Coco. <laughs> do you want regular milk or do you just want Coco? <laughs> oh, okay, I'll get you some hot chocolate. Um, so they decide to drive through the hills of this country where the cocoa fields are directly right off of the road. It's like just right there. They're not hiding anything here. He immediately gets out. This is like our first real introduction to Drago. Uh, he notices that there is one woman holding a baby who's not working. Yeah. So he decides to get out, wonder why she's not working, have his men take the baby because she's like, my baby will get sick in the sun. And he goes, all right, take the baby. Take the baby, tells his, I think tells Miguel or someone else to take the woman, bring him to her bedroom, bring her to his bedroom, give her a beautiful bath. (laughs) Like he's Trump. Very Trumpy, yeah. (laughs) And then basically is like, I'm gonna fuck her. And then I think he says, give her the baby after that. The husband, no. or did he not he says, say that line? Of, oh, he no, did. He says, "Get rid of the baby." I thought he. Oh, wait, because he kind of alludes that he's gonna get. She'll get the baby back to her. Yeah, and then he tells the men, "Get rid of the baby." Yeah, the husband who's working in the cocoa fields comes out. He's like, "That's my baby. That's my wife." Look, we have made an argument before. Butterfly knives look great. They take too long. Too long. Butterfly, this butterfly knife is so many moves to get this fucking thing out. Yeah, that's like four at best, I think. Him and Carlos, his second in command, kind of, <laughs> has a butterfly knife later. And you're like, Jesus Christ, this movie's going on so long. I don't need butterfly knives taking up time. So he kills the guy. In theory, this woman then has the baby killed and raped by Billy Drago. But then later, to... Hat on a hat on a hat. When Chuck Norris comes in, they're like, all right, we've got an informant. It's this woman who was, we give like a very brief brutalization of what she went through. Yeah. And then they're also like, 
They They're took joking about it. They took the dead baby and smuggled drugs out <laughs> through the dead baby. Yes. And then add on one extra rape line, which as I told my wife, I was like, this is why I love Canon sometimes is like literally nine tenths of that information is not needed to explain why this woman would work for them. Why uh, Chuck Norris needs to have an impetus to do what he's doing. Because also, if you broke it down, this guy is in the trillions with his drugs. How much cocaine is he smuggling in to either the dead body or a coffin of a baby? Maybe, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like, ultimately, that's the micromanaging part. That's the the, uh, one percenter cutting coupons sort of move that you're like, maybe that's how he made all of his millions. You're not, it's not worth the effort to be that evil. Well... Also, it's like they're they're pointing out how evil he is. There's two things I want to say about that. Scene. Please, one of them is John P. Ryan joke saying like, "So maybe don't bring that up." And then Chuck Norris is like, "Ha ha, I won't." Or I wonder why or whatever. Yeah. I forget what yeah. the fucking line is, but it's like you're making light of this very heavy shit. Yeah, you just said that her baby was cut open and got cocaine put in it to smuggle cocaine, and that she was raped and like lost her husband. Yep. And then the second thing is. That kind of like line of dialogue, that justification of why she's doing it could have come for a scene from her. Yeah. If they had a moment together alone and he's just like, why are you helping out? Yes. And then she has that moment where she gets to have this heartfelt speech, a monologue about all that she's lost. But instead. And we could have Norris react to that instead of she guides him in. They take a break for no reason, and then he throws in, after he's been fucking with her, too. She's like, don't yeah. have that big pack. We're going on this crazy rope bridge. And he's like, what? It's you don't have fat lady. Indians? Huh? It's another lady movie, like where he just yeah. says, lady? Yeah. <laughs> lady? Yeah, exactly. He gets all of his ladies in before he can be like, I heard about what happened to you. Sorry. <laughs> and she's like, "Ugh, what are you going to do? You know what, though? I'm going to leave. Now you go. And so even that, you're like, so all of that led to them sitting around and then her not guiding it. She goes, there's the wall. Go climb it. So all of that was to lead to, again, you don't need any of that information. You don't allow the the uh, 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 the the theme to kind of crumb, come across of like abuse of the of people will lead to the downfall and the, of corruption. Like you could have that connected in there somehow. If she's like, he revolutionized me by doing all this yeah. shit to me. Um, uh, you, yeah, it allows you to have Chuck molasses two by four ladies, like where he's just annoyed by a dumb broad <laughs> and the slight worry that he's going to like be in a relationship with her. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought they were angling for romantic because like the, you know, like the push and pull of like them yeah. arguing. And he grabs her a little bit like one point, like he's about to plant one on her. Yeah. But there's no need for the push and pull because she's hardly a character except to come back in at the end where Billy Drago's like, I'm going to rape you again right now. Yeah. And then she gets murdered, and then Norris shows up to do a crazy Norris kick. And, like, it's that crazy canon move, too, where you're like, 
I understand the idea of maybe you don't want it to all be wrapped up with a nice simple bow and have like a happy ending. But also, why does it have to be so unhappy all at the same yeah. time? Like, she doesn't it, need to be die. She could even be mortally or wounded harshly. But, like, we've heard this story. And what? And when I'm watching, and I'm sure when you're watching, you're just like, great. Because you're molasses two by four, you were late. That's why she yeah. died. What if he was just watching behind the That's what it feels like. To act. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it really, I think... It's it's unnecessarily cruel to a character that you didn't even give enough to. All you've done is just, and and it's not even in service. Like it is in service to show how bad he is, but then like the character serves no purpose later on, no. only to be killed right. the way she's killed. Right. So it's like it's just pointless. Yeah, and it's so it's it is uh uh it's wild. And Drago is wild. And as you said, he is like a caterpillar. He eats up every leaf that's in a seat. Like, it's like you, every time he comes on, you know, it's kind of going to be a joy at the very least because he's going to make a fucking meal out of it. Like, and his lines are ridiculous, but he also will deliver them so crazily. And with that namaste hand thing he does all the time. Oh, my God. There was one part where he's in the the original court scene where he gets let off with the 10 million bail. He slaps that cop. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I guarantee that was not planned. Yeah. Yes. You know that was a play. He that that extra must have like pissed him off or something because he kept staring at that one cop <laughs> yes. that he slapped. Drago wasn't having it. Uh yeah, it's it's crazy. So yeah, and it's like and it's also a movie that just has like standard action movie set pieces, like uh, interwoven. Like it's like even the whole beginning. Yeah. You're not really sure why it's all happening exactly. I mean, the basic idea, I guess, is as you said, Miguel was in, uh, you know, uh, Donnie Brasco, and that they've been working on this case for like three years, and there's this eyes wide shut, like fucking avenging force style party going on yeah. with that amazing uh, guy in the coconut bikini uh, dancing around. <laughs> but it's all to show you again how crazy drago is that he'll take them all down with his goons who are dressed up like if you're going to be dressed up in disguise like don't walk like a goon like right. they're walking around like showing their poker faces yeah just like boom yeah. boom and then they blow just away so big their hand their yes. arms can't go down yes they are the dudes who worked out just a little bit too much uh <laughs> And when they take down those like those uh, secret agents from the DEA in an Argento-style pile of blood, yeah, uh, pretty amazing. But also, why would you do all that and then take your mask off, <laughs> like just to walk away right after, just to show us? And why? I know why, Jeff. Because I can't breathe in those things. That's I true. Used to wear them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to be breathing in my own sickness. Uh, I guess it's just to show you that that's going to be the big bad later that he deals with, but it's no reason for that. Uh, uh, it's also, I guess it's just all like leading to how we get Norris and his best friend, who it's unclear if I was like, wait, he wasn't in the original movie. I guess they're best friends. Who is he? <laughs> 
but like he's so horny and handsy. So horny he and handsy. His wife. Oh my god, uh, Jeff. He loves her so much. He loves her so much. He lost his brother. His brother who loves pizza and chocolate cake so much. Norris is He won the big game. He Jeff, won the, the big, big game. basketball game. He deserved it. And what is he rewarded with? Getting murdered by Billy Drago. Yeah, uh, the second baby he's killed. Second, but he's killing babies, pregnant. man. Oh yeah, I forgot she was. I honestly forgot she was pregnant because I was like, wait, who is this that Charles, that Chuck? I call him Charles. That Chuck molested um, two by four. Norris is a third wheel too, because he is just a third wheel to this fucking relationship. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. But I. I thought it was gonna be his sister or something. Yeah, but like, no, it's geez, just guy. Calm it down in front of him. It's his partner, maybe, but his partner has a wife who's also pregnant, and then they also take care of his brother, and Chuck Norris goes to all the brothers' basketball games, and they're going to get the pizza, and that guy's psyched about it. Uh, I will say it is, it's fun because Norris gets to do more fighting. Like, he gets to beat up those quote-unquote skinheads, kick the knife into the ceiling, uh, <laughs> talk about, like, I'm not going to fight. I didn't fight. I gave a motivational yeah. seminar. <laughs> Doing his little smirk, his little yes. molasses two by four, like kind of Bronson-esque smirk. This Personally, is another Mr. movie. Kwan, I think your food is great. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Miss. I love Mr. Kwan was ready to fight himself. He goes kind of oh, into yeah. a fighting st- stance, but not really. Here's uh, a question too. Oh, wait, he says, I gave a motivational seminar. Yes. And I wrote down joke? Yeah. I didn't fight. I gave a motivational seminar. One of his many, again, just uh, uh, jokes that you're not sure if it's a joke. There are so many of them. Two of the things that maybe show money running out, but I don't know. Like One, the music's not as good as the original. You're missing that theme. But there is like the same deal where it's like, and I can't remember which movie we watched this in. Was it Chain of Command where it felt this way? Where like sometimes the music was pretty good. Sometimes it surprised me. There's one or two scenes where I was like, that's a really interesting song. And then there's another one that was like, that just sounds like a Dungeon Synth song. And then it got really bad out of nowhere. Like, and so you're like, okay, something happened where they got stuck. They had to use like in the library, it feels like. And there, it was yeah. the bad library of canon. But also for reusing stuff, that whole part where we find out about that poor woman and then they say like, maybe don't bring that up. Is that in another canon movie too? Like, does that oh. same thing happen? And if I don't think we're going to remember. If anyone's out there and remembers... I swear it's in another Chuck Norris or a Bronson movie where you hear like a litany of what happened to someone and someone jokes about like not bringing it up with them. It just felt so familiar. Right. And it just like felt so callously familiar. Like, (laughs) but I mean, but that's also to say like, that's the thing with John P. Ryan being in this. Cause yeah, John P. Ryan comes in and he is just like, a force to be reckoned with. So like, you're not going to stop him from delivering a crazy line like that. Uh, Cause he plays the general who is helping out Chuck. He is just wild in this movie. He's delighted. Yes. 
every line is delivered like I can. <laughs> like and he's got this like smile to his face. Oh, you really think that? Is that what you think? Well, buddy, you always got to do it the hard way. You know, he's like, like just a permanent smile. And even when he's angry, he's still got like this very expressive like face where it just like at any moment you're like, this guy's going to bite my nose. Yes. Like, he's just <laughs> he looks like he could attack at any times. And he's also, when it gets repetitive, because, you know, at some point he's basically there to uh, run interference. Like yeah. he's, uh, it, it, we get into that the plan is that basically like it's unclear if America is using this country as a puppet government or is behind the puppet government. It's implied, but it's implied. But at the same time, the president gets pissed at some point and gives them the leeway to have twenty four hours to slash and burn the cocoa fields. Yeah, but then it also gets changed around that then. Norris is going to go in early and do something else, but it seems like what he's going to going to take out Ramon. It seems like what he's going to mostly do is waste time, like because he basically just lines up with the Delta Force Their maybe mission. coming in, but yeah. then they also are given a a uh, a second in command or like someone connected to the president of the country, and John P. Ryan's whole job is to like gaslight him into thinking that they're not doing what they're doing <laughs> right carlos was, I, think, I can't remember but that gets so repetitive because he's just like you can't do that field that one right. that one's in the red zone it's like i don't care no you can't do that it just becomes that 20 times <laughs> and you're almost distracted because john p ryan's so fun yelling at this guy and fucking with yeah. him but You've, it also gets distracting because you're just like, just get to the fucking end part. Uh, That's what I, that whole last, the third act, I just kept being like, all right, get to it, get to it. I think it was our, our Patreon member, Ed, who might have mentioned on Twitter, because I made a joke that kind of referenced that we were watching this. And I think he's the one who said that. Too. He was just basically like, the movie that starts its third act after 50 minutes but then that third act goes through the entire rest of the movie because, <laughs> and he true. was dead on because I at fifty minutes is when I checked the time because I was like I'm enjoying this, but I think yeah. it's almost over, and at fifty minutes is when I realized this is an hour and forty, and we're at the end of the movie. This is the raid that should be the end of the movie, and even in terms of Delta Force, even though Delta Force like seems to have the raid that then also leads into a Chuck Norris solo fight in the daytime, you're kind of yeah. like set up mentally to think like, this is what we've been waiting for. We're going to wrap this up in the next 20 minutes. But no, it just keeps going on and on and on. <laughs> and that third act is the longest third act in film history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also, by the way, have future doors all the time. Every single door. <laughs> yeah, they like the Star Trek doors. Huge, loud Star Trek noise. Um, uh, there are so many lines, too, that I just kept writing down that I didn't know who it was. Like, if your butt was on the oh, line, yeah. your butt would be cautious, too. <laughs> uh, uh, who Do you have any idea who yelled out, damn cocaine has this country in a stranglehold? Was oh, it? I thought that was one of the. I thought that was like one of the 
American like government underlings, or like that. yeah, that making a comment, yeah. The, I I'll I'll say I'll give this movie that even though it gets to be a phone looker in the middle, when it gets to press conferences, the press conferences equivalents are all kind of fun because if it's not oh, yeah. the president of essentially Valverde yelling that whole thing about America is a bunch of drug addicts. John P. Ryan addressing and then basically just being like, fuck you. He's like Brian Cox yeah. in succession. <laughs> uh, this is wish my Polaroid could do that. <laughs> There's no reason. <laughs> do we? I didn't look up. Who is that dopey colonel who's explaining for no particular reason why they've got a map in their their headquarters that shows this color is where the the dope oh, fields are. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Because because he also explains that cocaine plants give off like vibrations. Certain, <laughs> yeah, they give off a certain I don't know, but that's something that they can tell. That colonel becomes a go-to for John P Ryan to talk to, but our first introduction to him is when Norris decides that, you know, his friend gets kidnapped after his wife is murdered and the brother is murdered and he's gassed to death by Drago. And Norris is like, fuck it, I'm going to train to go murder these people. So he yep. gets all of his dojo students to attack him in a circle. <laughs> the last one that almost gets attacked is that dopey colonel who explains the vibrations. And he's yeah. only saved... I think John P. Ryan coming in and just being like, "Are you ready to go?" Like, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and the look, stop playing around. The look on that Colonel's face is like, "Phew, yeah, I didn't get my ass kicked." He makes like almost like a wipe the sweat off his. Brow. It's a really weird, like, yeah, broad. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fun broad acting in this. Uh, uh, that is very crazy and. And another reason this movie ends up being fun when it's fun and why it's so can and also why it's the Delta Force you think it's going to be. There are definitely things that happen where you think in your brain, there's no way they're going to do that. And then he does it, a.k.a. Yeah. they kidnap Drago. He's like yelling, you don't want to do this on remote Coda. You're dead. Yep. And they're like, you're kidnapping. He's like, no, nah, it's more like skyjacking. And you're like, there's no way they're going to throw him out of a plane with no parachute. They do, baby. And all John P. Ryan's reaction is, is him laughing, going like, always got to do it the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) You look like the guy from, uh, the bad guy from Poltergeist 2. (laughs) You're all going to (laughs) die. But, uh, uh, yeah, I love, and I, Oh man, I just like I love that they fit in a bunch of readers digest bullshit like with the judge oh, and yeah. every they're like he's a cartoon character and that also in there that basically they're just like can't do anything. That's the government. Our hands are tied. <laughs> yeah, that's democracy. <laughs> like it feels like I, I it was short of like the judge being like now I would do this, but my hands are tied because yeah. of the way the laws are, and like you know, just kind of it's such bullshit. Just being like, now if I had it my way, yeah, every one of these filthy criminals would be shot in the fucking throat. <laughs> but instead, we have to glad hand them and put them off into club fed, where they get to have a golf course and cable TV. 
I love it so much. And it's like, and you keep getting distra- yeah, distracted by these like, yeah, kind of pearl clutchy, conservative yeah. like speeches. Very. Yes. Even with like Drago just being like, what are you going to do? They're going to pull me back on the street. You know, like that whole, it's the same like 10 to midnight thing. It's just being like, you know, you know that no jury's going to convict me. I you just, can't, your laws can't touch me. I just realized that that end is very 10 to midnight because when he starts yelling where he's just like, he's like, they'll let me out. And next, you know what? Next year I'm going to sell double and then triple yeah. the cocaine and then quadruple the next year. He just keeps like, yeah, he is like, uh, 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 Drago starts to be like, look, guy, I know you're, this is canon, but you're starting to sound like, Ample Hills or UCB, where you're just like, okay, uh, I think you really are going to maybe blow up too big. Like, uh, maybe don't over-exaggerate, but I'll be back. I'll be back, basically. (laughs) But it's like, also, you have, like, Drago, and then everyone else, like, basically yelling, like, my hands are tied. And then John (laughs) P. Ryan jumping in with his crazy speeches. I mean... He gets to, like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? <laughs> and at one point, he he describes someone as an oriental potentate. But that's yeah. the thing. It ends up being like, one, you're like, this is the 90s. You're using crazily outdated terms that also don't make any sense. Yeah. Because you realize it's written by a bunch of Reader's Digest fans. <laughs> like, exactly. It's a bunch of old reactionary people. <laughs> They would have thrown in, like, nobody wants to work anymore, yes. like in that. If they knew about avocado toast, we'd be hearing about it in here. Oh, my God. Not stop. It's you, Americans, who eat the, the avocado, avocado toast. toast. Yeah, the president of San Carlos is talking about how they ship all the avocados to America. And it's only because <laughs> of these liberal millennials. Yeah. Um, no, you're the avocado uh, addict, uh, addictees. Well, yeah, addictees. <laughs> That's what I call them now. <laughs> addictees. <laughs> Are you a provider or an addictee? Is how we talk yeah. about drugs. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, it's. I'm rebranding it. That's yes, what I'm doing, exactly. Jack. Can I say, though, it is amazing what you're like. It's hard because Norris, you're like, yeah, we should give him more chances. Even though he's older, he looks great when he's fighting. There's so yeah. much slow motion. That one move where he does, he gets wrapped around behind. He drops <laughs> down, kicks up, and then yeah. scissor flips the guy. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved also when John P. Ryan was just like, it's got three walls, this compound, and they're impenetrable. And he's just like, most buildings have four walls. That's because this one's got one wall of pure, sheer granite. <laughs> I think that's, he's talking about the mountain, right? Yes. The, he, what yeah. he is explaining is that Ugh. the Imelda Marcos Ronald Reagan house is on a mountain <laughs> with a sheer granite wall sides, yeah. that, that Norris it's like they're the warning Illuminati, us. Oh my god! No. He's gonna free solo it like he's Alex Honnold like soon. Another canon connection: mm-hmm. surprise snake appearance. Surprise snake appearance. Yeah. How'd you get up here? <laughs> Love it so it much. <laughs> Can I just say too, for the delaying, the only thing that saves the delaying of this weird plan is John P. Ryan. 
Like when oh, he yeah. freaks out and he goes, that was the president. <laughs> He's so fucking <laughs> psyched. Um, so, yeah, it is amazing that we have to watch Molasses 2 by 4 climb for so long. Um, it's also amazing that, you know, I'm only I, a very amateur climber. I haven't climbed in a couple of years because of the pandemic and having a kid. Uh yeah, he's essentially free soloing, mm-hmm. very unassuredly. Like he's pretty low, and he already looks unclear on his bouldering technique. He has the moves to lead climb, where it's like you set up sections that you can clip in, and then set up a rope as you're climbing up in case you fall. I'm pretty sure he's got all the tools, but he doesn't use them. So that he can climb up free solo in pretty bad shoes. Like, they don't have the exact grip you need. Like, they they look like they're actually a little too gummy, maybe, maybe for that yeah. type of climbing. And again, real climbers out there can uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I tried to find, because I love when they do those GQ, like, real person looks at movies. Uh, oh, yeah. And so they do have Alex Hano, like, con- like you know, talking about Cliffhanger and talking about, uh, you know, uh, 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 the Iger Sanction and all these different climbing movies. Uh, there isn't any for Delta Force 2 because he definitely, like, looks unassured and is definitely climbing on really slippery slate at one point that I was like, yeah, that's a bad place to be. You picked the wrong route. Um, yeah. But... It just goes on for so long. <laughs> like, it goes on for so long while other shit is happening. <laughs> so that, and, and kind of going in with Jumpy Rango, like, always the hard way, trying to get up there. Uh, uh, just so he can finally get up and get there, as we said, in time for the real thing to happen. So the plan yep. doesn't exactly make sense. Like, they have stealth helicopters, just drop them off. They got the quietest helicopters in the world, baby. Fucking just, yeah, just get in there. Even that, like, I mean, like, I was rewatching Predator after watching Prey, and even my wife was pointing that out, like, when they get dropped in to essentially Valverde in the they're beginning of Predator. But it's like, she's like, they're so, they're, they're, they, why didn't they just parachute in? Or like, it's like, they're not being that stealthy enough for this yeah. shit. <laughs> like, uh, uh, but either way, uh, yeah, I wish my Polaroid could do that. Is so, but the why does that scene even exist? It's hard when you realize that this movie has a fifty-minute third act, up to an hour, and that there are so many repetitive and uh, extra scenes in this yeah. thing. <laughs> um, uh, include and and that there are these simple solutions. Not that we're there and it's it's so hard to make a movie, especially when people are dying on set and you're filming two movies at the same time. But yeah. like, yeah, if you could contract like some of this shit, make her have the ability to explain her story. Like, uh, it's already had on a hand of how we don't need to half see it, hear information from someone else, etc. She gets no satisfaction too because she doesn't even get to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Not even a not even a cut or anything. Nope. No. Nothing. And it, that's a bummer. Uh, uh, and and then combined with a long like cutting back and forth from him climbing, like which feels <laughs> like what we've talked about with molasses here before. Like he just wants to show us that he can climb, so yep. it feels like we're getting that. But then that's also the weirdness is later we see him sneak up on that pole that we talked about, and it's like he wants us to see that he can do a pull up. 
but his brother allowed us to see the extra's face long enough yep. to show that he can't do the pull-up all the way through. So it's like, have your cake and screw yourself, too, all at the same time. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved that when John P. Ryan is like, struggle to go, boys, they get the go-ahead. They've got all those hidden guns. That attache oh, yeah. to the president of the country is just like, what is going on? Yeah. He's like, you'll see what's going on. We're going to burn everything. Um, but that's the other weird part, too, is we haven't been set up to see them as the Delta Force. They're, all they are is a bunch of dolts that were beat up by Norris. And then we have to have long scenes of them a bunch of dolts killing a bunch of guys we don't know. Yeah. So it's a weird move when I'm like into the movie, but I'm checking my phone during the actual action at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, you don't care about any of them. No. No, we don't. We And the only there's thing... No characters, like there's no like fun, like little side characters or any like, you know... Uh, you know, the dirty dozen type of, you know, like none of, none of that. They are no one. They are just dull extras, except for the colonel who just did that, like, oh, I don't know, man, face, but not getting beat up. Uh, uh, and then also you end up with finally when we're going back and forth to Norris and Norris stuff is fun, but like it's a big bad fight between him and Carlos. Carlos is like the doppelganger of that long-haired guy who's in every action movie also who's in right. die hard yeah but in this case he's just a guy the only reason we know about him is he was in the opening scene shooting all the dea agents but there's no reason necessarily besides that it's just time to have someone who's good at karate yeah fight <laughs> norris so you can get a lesson teaching uh joke a long Molasses 2 by 4 protracted lesson number one. My turn to teach. Every line is so slow. Yeah. Lesson number two. <laughs> and then finally, schools out. <laughs> Into a spear that was on that. Yes. He impales him. He impales him on a and statue spear. Billy Drago comes in, slow clap. Also, we have to say, too, they are so inconsistent with the sound effects and the slow-mo because sometimes the punches are always really loud, which is fun. But every once in a while, there's a punch that has an echo on it. Yes. <laughs> and during that Carlos scene. Put a scene, little bit of mustard on this. Right. Every, yeah, it does feel like that's, Like Aaron was like, put a, little, put a little mustard on that one punch. And then maybe someone was like, what about the 40 after that? And they're like, oh, I'll tell you a different type of mustard. We're going to match some of the punches up with keyboard stings. <laughs> Sometimes. There's going to be one brief period in that Carlos thing where when they punch, it's going to go squank. Squank. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> I do I do love that Drago seemed like he was napping in his Hugh Hefner attire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you woke me up from my milk bath. It's getting my Tommy Wiseau hair going. <laughs> <laughs> he does the whole like windows to the eyes uh, speech. Eyes truly are the windows to the soul. 
And we really do get a close-up on fucking Molasses 2x4 Baby Blues. We've had a lot of fill lights on his Baby Blues in this section. Yeah. The eyes feels like it's just like Drago just going off because it means he's not like a guy who digs people's eyes out. Like there's no connection to it's just a speech yeah. leading into his you do not fear death as I do not. It's also that complicated trying to make someone sound evil or smart. But then it's just overcomplicated uh, dialogue. Yeah, extra syllable. For I do not as well because death means nothing to me because I do not fear the thing that I cannot control. But It's like half old English, but not at all. Like yeah. speeching. But does lead to that amazing thing. As, as we say, it's like, not in your best day, pal. Doesn't make sense. That's how he starts that line. It doesn't even make sense, Norris. Not on your best day, pal. You're nothing but a chicken shit weasel who thrives on the misery of others. <laughs> and when death calls, you'll be screaming like a baby. It's like 20 one-liners shoved into one, and they're all non-sequiturs. <laughs> It's because Aaron's off off to the behind the camera and he's like, Chuck, there's more. Yeah. All right. Okay, we gotta speed there's more lot speed it up, buddy. You're my brother. More. I love you. <laughs> more. More. Keep going. I imagine them like wrestling on set when they get in an <laughs> argument about the scene. <laughs> fine, fine, Chuck. Do whatever the fuck you want. Fine. <laughs> oh, brothers gotta fight. Uh Right. I do Everyone love when Aaron shit his pants. <laughs> no, he didn't, Chuck. I do love Drago's eating a hard boiled egg that goes everywhere when missiles come flying in. <laughs> um, <My egg. laughs> I will say too, uh I wonder if they knew, and maybe it's just me realizing and I'm just like a human being and like we all want to make associations and see patterns that don't really exist in the world and that's how conspiracy theories really come about, et cetera, et cetera. But when the music starts to get really bad is the exact moment when I stop paying attention to a canon film off, oftentimes. And uh. in this case, it definitely was. When I noticed the music was starting to get like that shitty bad library yeah. Is the the around the car chase stuff like synth horns? Yeah. yeah, and it's right when I was zoning out because I like all of that stuff with the car chase. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's a bulletproof car. That's cool. Like it's just like Drago talking now and then, but like I wasn't paying attention at all until helicopter comes out of nowhere. Yep, it's the bad guy from Breaking Bad acting like the bad Russian general in UHF and then (laughs) continues to be UHF as another copter shows up and it's John P. Ryan. He goes, I'm going to enjoy this. Well, they they actually do blow up the car and then they get out and Billy Drago is pissed off because he's like, that son of a bitch, I'm going to kill him because he's like trying to get rid of Billy Drago so he can take over, (laughs) I guess. I loved that we end up in MIA 3. After all that, like, again, we're, we talked about that scene, and Norris is throwing bullets. We've talked about other action stars who, like, throw their bullets when they're shooting. Yeah. It also is classic, like, not to get picky, but there's definitely one or two guys who fall into the gunshot. Like, they get shot <laughs> yeah, and go do. forward. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, once, you know... Uh, 
the straw starts to break the camel's back when you got a billion straws at a certain point with a movie you know had a lot of problems and no one really kind of wanted to do it completely. <laughs> like, it just, you really start to notice that shit after a while. Uh, yeah. Bye-bye, uh, uh, asshole. Pretty great. Um, what? Someone says now even the, ch- oh, does Drago say now even the children will die? When he's threatening, uh, like, that he's yes, gonna- Yes, because he's talking about the villager. Like, okay, so the whole village scene yeah. is really fucked up because it gets team america level yeah where it's just like because it shows the people cleaning up after the explosions and everything like you're welcome we're team america and it's like they just destroyed everything yes their whole lives and they do nothing to i at least at the end instead of ending how it is like show norris helping them rebuild well because i think it's also like we've talked about like you could break down uh you know, uh, levels of it in Commando, but Commando makes it so cartoonish and that, like, everyone who gets murdered by uh, uh, Schwarzenegger at the end is, like, basically, like, like Nazi level, where you're, like, they're just vague bad guys. Yeah. They all work for the general. You can't get too overcomplicated in thinking, like, uh, they're under the bootstraps of oppression and commando. Valverde's maybe has some complicated like politics. So it you, you 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 can you can shut down that part of your '80s watching brain and just be like, yeah, it's fine that he's just murdering everyone in crazy ways. In this movie, when you get to that part, you have to be like, wait, we already saw the scene at the beginning where we have seen that they are under the bootstraps of the oppression of Billy Drago. All of yeah. these people working under him who are now getting murdered by Norris are simply just kind of trying to survive in a a a a drago oppression, a drago fascism of uh drugs. And so it's hard to not have that in your brain where it's just like, okay, you're just killing all these innocent people basically. And it's yeah. and it falls more into the We've talked about it where Norris has that type of like USA jingoism that is like more palatable because it's just kind of like, yeah, general USA is good. But like in this case, it falls into that like weird vagueness, uh, cast the first stone if you've never been, blah, 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 where it's just like, well, they're helping with drugs. So that's (laughs) enough to, you know, they should have said no. Like, sort of. Like, they should have listened yeah. to Reagan and that that's Imelda Marcos house. Because that's the also fun part. If you think about that, that house was built by Imelda Marcos for Reagan. And his wife is the just say no woman. Like, it's all a little yeah. complicated there. Um, well, 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 jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, again, hat on a hat on a hat. Uh, Drago saying, you were so good in bed. Ugh, it was worth her. it. Ugh. Yeah, to kill her and him to show up with a flying jump kick from, uh, which, and, and it's hard because that's a very funny gif now. It is a very funny gif of him jumping and Drago really just being like, boo, like being thrown back by a fucking kick. Uh, yep. And but I mean, that's the hard part. It's like it, it, you you have to find the way to watch and just think about 
Yeah, this is a totally fake movie and how they solve these <laughs> problems and solve the problems of making people good and bad are so over the top that it's just like, again, it's the beauty of why we love canon is that like, yeah. it makes sense to Menachem and Yoram. Like, they're just like, <laughs> of course, this is how it would work. Of course, and doesn't seem to see the problems in there. Um, uh also, by the apparently, also at one point, Michael Winter was maybe going to direct. I'm just realizing that, yes. so that would have been. Uh, but also, I need to just say because I have it written down. This is an IMDb fact and a classic IMDb, IMDb fact. Michael Winter was going to direct, but Chuck Norris did not like the script. Okay, what? But he didn't even like the script that he, that doesn't, yeah, make that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Ma- those are yeah. two things. That's just like I was going to have a banana, but my car died, and yeah. you're like, okay. <laughs> What? How right. did that? Um, and so, yeah, we end basically with like, they've destroyed the livelihoods of everyone, the good and the bad in this country. <laughs> it's still unclear how much of America was a puppet government and was behind this, but they are definitely behind murdering everyone. And and uh, Drago uh, is basically like, you're not going to murder me. Uh, I'm going to come back. It's 10 to midnight, but I'm going to bring more drugs into the, your country. And they're on. Yep. He says, he says, cocaine could buy anything and anybody. <laughs> he ain't wrong. Uh- <laughs> After he's been screaming at his uh, people, cut the rope, cut the rope, cut the rope. So he gets put on a rope to get pulled out by John P. Ryan in the helicopter by Norris. But they're also, they're trying to escape, so they're low enough that they're like the land speeders in Return of the Jedi. They're like flying yeah. through a forest. Luckily, at one point, one of Drago's bad guys was trying to get Norris and half cut the rope with a machete. So hit Drago's is ready to go. Because that's another big thing, which is a confusing turn. Norris acts like he's gonna kill him and then it's just like no like and it's kind of like welcome to america you're gonna get due process i'm gonna instead i'm gonna give you due process by airlifting you out but dragging you through a forest and then as they finally reach above drago is like doing his drago stuff won't stop talking about how he's gonna get out norris is kind of pulling out his knife like he's gonna cut it out but he's also kind of just like fucking the holster it kind of keeps going in and out yeah and then it doesn't matter anyways because the rope that drago's own guy and you maybe could write some theory of like he was killed by his own hubris or something but not really uh it breaks he falls kind of makes it for an anticlimactic ending very because also norris claims it it's like he claimed a death with his one-liner, because I think the last line is not today, asshole. Uh, yeah, I think so. I didn't write it down. Yeah, yeah, I think the last thing he says, he goes, not today, asshole. But that wasn't his choice. It was happenstance. He yeah. didn't cut it with his own knife. He was planning on taking him to the judge, maybe. And I thought he did cut it with his knife. No, I went back. I'm pretty sure I rewatched it, and I will. I I correct. I'm gonna rewatch it after this. You go. You can just watch the end on YouTube. I found the ending. I'm uh, pretty sure he just fuck. He just knife fucks his holster, <laughs> and the rope breaks on its own. 
Oh, wow. So it ends up being very anticlimactic, and he claims it. We watch Drago fall forever, and John P. Ryan, again, laughing. He's like, ah, that's son of a bitch. Always a hard way. And then <laughs> I'm glad you said something because I kind of zoned out. and was like, okay, I'm done. I should go pick up my kid. And you mentioned, because you were like, that ending was wild. You had texted me before, and you're like, and that song. Yes. And I didn't click on the song because I just wasn't paying enough attention, so I went back and watched. And then, so yeah, the song that kicks in, because <laughs> it's not Today Asshole, and that's it. The movie's just over. Credits start rolling pretty quick. But the music is, the music, a little bit like this movie, morphs around, kind of. At first, I was like, this is like a TGIF theme song meets Disney. Yeah. And and so you're like, this is weirdly happy, but not in a triumphant way. It's like light and breezy, no. like we were watching too much, the robot with a heart. It's it's a it's a it's a vanilla patriotic song. Well, but yeah. That, like a like middle of America, like kind of just being like, wow, these lyrics. Uh, I mean, that's not, look, we're not uh, disparaging middle America or anything, but you know what I mean? No, like, middle, certain, but this like, is like a middle of the road pro America country guy, like a guy who's like Lee Greenwood. Yeah, like Toby Keith and Lee Greenwood did great. Let me write one too. And you're like, called, the song's not great. No, this is Lee Greenwood. Oh, it is Lee Greenwood. It's Lee Green- Greenwood, and the name of the song is The Winds of Change. The main line that I wrote down was, the, wind of chain- the winds of change are blowing stronger as the tables <laughs> turned and the bridges burned. That's right, because it means that justice is finally coming. We're done with your red tape. That is just like this movie and like a Chuck Norris movie. I mean, it's kind of a perfect song to end. Because even though musically it's so crazily light, like it is. It's the Reader's Digest of songs. It's the Reader's Digest of jingoistic America love. Because it, much like uh, Molasses 2x4's one liners, and much like his Not on Your Best Day, Pal, You're Nothing But a Chicken Shit Weasel Who Thrives on the Misery of Others, and When Death Calls, You'll Be Screaming Like a Baby. It's just word salad of things. The wind of change are blowing stronger as the tables turned and the bridges burned. So you're working in bad rhymes with conflicting metaphors <laughs> that well, are leading to something about America. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the theme is get them drugs out of our country or yeah. we're justified in burning everything. Uh, it's, it's an amazing song. I'm so glad you mentioned it because it truly takes you on a journey much like the rest of this movie yeah. in a weird, complicated way. Yeah, man. I mean, Delta Force 2, the Colombian connection was, I know I said it before, but you summed it up the best to me where it was like, it's what you think Delta Force is going to be because it is maybe more fun than Delta Force if you let yourself allow it to be late 80s early 90s canon fun you know yeah you could cut this movie down to an hour yeah and it'd be a great fun canon movie yeah look if you're gonna make it an even an hour 20 
<laughs> and we're still going to be like, there's 20 minutes of extra because, but you're just going to get that extra 20 because Molasses 2x4 is not going to allow his brother to cut out any of his climbing. Because we have pointed out many times, he will not let you cut out his climbing. And he will not let you let him do another take where he says a one-liner quicker. Um, Look, you're going to get that 20 minutes extra. But that's its biggest flaw is that it's just so long. It feels long in the middle. Yeah, some parts are just way too long. But there's a lot of fun parts in this. I mean, like, there's stuff to enjoy in, in this. And if you like the first Delta Force, I think it's worth watching just to see... It's not the same caliber, but it's a different type of... If you like canon movies, action movies, then this is going to be up your alley. Delta Force wanted to be the split. I think we maybe talked about this. The split between their Oscar-contending good movies, quote-unquote, and their balls-to-the-wall, everybody-loves-these-action-films and never really gets there for both. It fights itself. This one is just more of like, uh, it's a Norris movie. It's just like, let it be Norris. Yeah, man, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm pleasantly surprised by this Colombian connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, here's where we got to say our canon rating. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, a one to ten canon is not how good or bad it is, but how canon is this canon film? I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to go high. I'm going to go eight and a half, man. I'm going pretty yeah. high for this one. It, it Because I, I just ex- I expected it to be a lot... Uh, uh, a lot more walking through and uh, I weirdly uh, expected it to somehow fit more in platoon leader worlds. Yeah, I did. I did too. I think this is way better than missing in action three. I will say that. Yeah. It's more fun. It's way more fun than Braddock. Yeah. Better action, just better all around. And I, uh yeah yeah you're right i think it is higher because it does have all the elements of canon that are the golan you know it's shocking <laughs> it's as high for being a globus pierce without right. menachem uh, like i said i was i felt so bittersweet seeing his name but i was shocked that it was uh as canony as i uh, and as I said golan, didn't i yeah yeah sorry i meant globus you know, apologize to him i'll accept the apology on his behalf and the world you're welcome yeah delta force 2 the colombian connection they aren't in colombia but it is uh, certainly they're connecting things what i don't know it's (laughs) wild uh drago and john p ryan are worth the price of admission alone and it's one of the better norrises for his fight like it, it went yeah I'll just say my last thing on it is I, I kind of said before, it's just like when you sometimes watch a Norris and you're like, man, I didn't get enough like kind of like Norris shit. Like they fit in more than you would think for it being a later day one. And like it, it's just it, you get yeah. you get the Norris you kind of want, which is nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Delta Force 2, baby. It's it's a, a fun start to sequel Timber. Uh, but yeah. So people, you got to stick around. These going to be some fun sequels. We got some fun episodes coming. Uh, but Frank, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. And uh, people, go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash the Canon Canon. 
Uh, we, of course, are releasing things early on there. We release episodes early, uh, bonus episodes, bonus content, and it just helps us out. We always say it, but every little bit helps uh, to get us to continue to do this as long as we can. Uh, uh, you know, like we said, time is hard sometimes, but yeah. we're, we're still fitting it in. So until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I am Frank Garcia Hale. This is The, the Cannon. 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 Isn't democracy great? Yeah.